Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and the topic of our podcast today is the Servant Girl Annihilator, um, a uh, unsolved mystery from the 1880s, uh, a man, we're assuming a man, uh, killed uh, seven people in Austin, Texas in 1884 and 1885. We're going to talk about the uh, Annihilator's dastardly deeds, but before we do, let me introduce our panel. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented Queen Amin, the Empress of uh, the Macabre. I think I screwed that Empress up. Empress of Evil. Mistress she's, of the Macabre. She's, the emperor, she's Empress of Evil, too. Empress of Evil. The pill-popping, penis-loving, Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? Uh, Timmy, I've had better days, but I'm glad to be back doing this. Why? What's wrong? Oh, I've just been... Just It's been a hell of a day. Would you like to talk about hell it? Hell of a day. Is there something we can do for you to make your life better, devil? Yes. Uh, no, there's Besides nothing. going away. No, there's nothing you can do to make my life better. I was I was late for my own meeting today. <laughs> you, were, you were late for a meeting that you... Uh, that I scheduled. The scheduled, yeah. And then she wants me to go on her behalf, and I'm like, it's dressed down Friday, so I'm here in jeans and looking well, like so shit. Well, so am I. Wow. I was I was not dressed to receive. Thank goodness we had someone else step in. But uh, but um, yeah, it's not always it's bad to not to come to your own meeting. I was, I was at another meeting, just kind of flitting around there, chit-chatting. <laughs> well, I'm glad you showed up for the podcast today. I'm glad I showed up for any of it today. <clears throat> it's been a while since we uh, put out a podcast. Well, you've been done. In, tell you've me. not been introduced. Yes, you've not you introduced me so I could. Let me introduce uh, the... Just like Dracula when he knocks on the door, he can't come in the house to you invite him in. Yes, it's just like that. Um, it's close. <laughs> let me introduce the um, legendary, the uh, a man of uh, great distinction, the very honorable Colonel Reverend Charles Hook. Beauregard Walters III. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm fucking it up, aren't you? I'm telling you, it's been right. so long since I did yeah. this. Uh, better known, uh, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? 
Timmy, I'm wonderful today. Today is uh, for all you, uh, are you uh, Bruce Springsteen fans oh, out there? Jesus. Today is his 67th birthday. Happy oh, birthday, Bruce! So for all three of you, some out bitches there. out there, and you know, all, me and all my boys have decided we're getting uh, tramps like us tattooed on our wrists. You totally should, because that's not gay at all. And you, you know, you now, really need you know, another. You, you really yeah. need another what you, tattoo. Yeah, well, you, you really know, need is a little dainty tattoo. Let me, on let your me wrist. tell you something. Can you wait till he dies? Once again, you using you, you're using gay as a can negative you get postmortem thing. tattoos. Hmm? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But can is we is get back cool? to? Would <laughs> you like to? <laughs> they fade away pretty. Would know, you like eventually. to apologize to the um, any any uh, alternative lifestyle people in our audience? Because once all, again, you've used gay as a negative. I love gay people. I have many many gay friends from your softball years. Whatever, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they would all agree that that tattoo. Well, anyway, gay. let me tell you. And no, men should not get tattoos on their wrists. We're not going to get them on our wrist. Dainty, We're going to get them on our wrist. No, that's what you just uh, no, said. I, you, you know what? I was looking at my wrist. Well, Never that's mind. your fault. That's you my should fault. get it in your middle of your back. <clears throat> so like a tramp stamp. Oh, yeah. Down <laughs> by your butt crack. <laughs> let me, let me like tell us. you something about gay, though. This <laughs> yes, is, this, yes. You're going to tell me something I'm about gay? Something. Well. Okay, but let's get to the story. We'll get to the story. But hold on, please. Chuck is going to educate us. Well, I know you know more about gay from your college softball days. Oh, my God. Let me. No, I was out. I was at a wedding. We love our gay and lesbian friends. I was at a wedding um, Saturday night and a slow song comes on and you know I had my three boys or I had two of my three well actually I had three because Jesus Christ pick one Tanner's boyfriend Warren was there so I had three boys with me I'm already tired of this story so any slow song I didn't have to dance with the Mrs. Colonel because all the boys wanted to dance with her you know on the slow song as they should as they should the gentlemanly boys but anyway Yes. Well, the one time I did, I looked out on the dance floor, and I, ca- I counted this up. There were 14 couples dancing. Did you have to take off your shoes? 14. Did Just not. Calculate okay. Well, Four of the couples of the 14 were gay. Well, no, that's good. That's nice. No, and, and it made me just think of, you know, we're older. Yeah, and I thought of my wedding, you and I thought... Older. I am not. But even at your wedding, devil, would you have had... Gay people openly dancing. You I know, know what I mean? They could have, I think. In uh, Lebanon? They could have. I didn't, why didn't get married in Lebanon? But okay, how long you been married? Ten years. Ten years ago, I don't think people would have accepted um, two well, men dancing. Well, it's, two, it's 2005. They probably wouldn't. No, it yeah, 2006. Yeah, here's the thing. And that was maybe the tipping point right there. But, yeah. but well, I mean. Here's my thing. We've come a long way. I, I invited some gay couples to my wedding, and they absolutely should have felt free to dance. Um, and anybody who had anything to say about it would have had to go through me. No, and I, if anybody, I, if I know how you feel. Married, they know that I, if, any, if, anybody, if anybody was with <clears throat> at my wedding, they know that there were parts where I was a little bit cranky. Well, oh, yeah. The so, brides get cranky at the wedding. Well, because I always wanted to take a picture. People, people are, don't do the shit I ask them to do. That's what. That's well, what you're happens. pretty much like that all the time. Yeah, probably. I mean, her wedding. You know why? Pretty, but she was why? pretty high strong. Mm-hmm. Why? Because people don't do the shit I ask them to do. Well, because you're bossy. Yeah, yeah, but she was pretty high strung at the bossy. You're bossy. You're kind of a. Um, I'm bossy. You are no. <laughs> 
choosing you, your words carefully. Yeah, you're a know-it-all and you're bossy. I'm a know-it-all and I'm, and I'm bossy. Mm-hmm. And, Is that right? I, and, I mean, I find that in a lot of women. That's, it seems to be a you trait do. that runs amongst women. I tell oh, my God. Women that have, see, that, see that band you got on your finger, Devil? It's right. like having a Ph.D., it's like having your doctors, because once you get married and they put a wedding ring on you, you fucking know everything. Is that right? That's what I've what? been my that's you been know. my experience. And, and it, no offense to the married ladies out there, but no, 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 no offense at all. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna go through this. We're gonna see. <laughs> we're gonna see how this works out for you. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna go over well with our audience, but. Let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to the story because this is an interesting one. Let's right turn the page. Yes, let's turn the page. It is. That was an the song they played at the wedding. This is slow dance. I like that song. Uh, what you mean, Bob Seger? Bob Seger. Well, when would they play that song at a wedding for? Turn it's, the page. It's a classic song. It's, it's about him going. It's not, it's not really a wedding song. No. <laughs> it, but you know what? It was a DJ. He was a good DJ. He played a good song. That's all. That's like you know what? I touch myself is really a good wedding. Well, song. Well, that's a great wedding song. Yeah. Okay. Little nine inch nails closer. Yeah. 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 Hurt. 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 Yeah, definitely hurt. hurt. All those great wedding mm-hmm. songs. All right. I went before we get started, let me give um two shout outs. Uh, uh first of all we had a trivia question on our Facebook page, the History Dweebs the podcast page. If you're not a member, please join because I ask trivia questions at random times in the middle random. of the night. That was in the middle so of, random. Or middle of the night. But anyway, Alan Dobbs uh, got the answer to the question correctly. Uh, he was the first one to correctly answer the question. So, Alan, uh, congratulations. Here's your special shout-out. So thank you for listening and being active on and our And there page. it was, your special shout-out. Yes. Lincoln, you missed it. And I th- you know what? We'll throw one more in here, Timmy, no. just because it was her birthday, Jennifer Siemens. Yes, Jennifer, happy birthday. Happy hope, birthday. Hope Jennifer, a, I, what do you guess birthday. Jennifer to be? I guess her to be maybe... maybe 25. 25, 27. Yeah, I never, you know, like I always that. say 22, no matter if the person's like 67. Well, then you hope that they're yeah. 22, right? Well, I figure you can't go wrong with 22. You really can't. Uh, I would like to um, also thank our sponsors who um, support the podcast on Patreon. 3M. And not 3M. It is, uh, our sponsors are Alicia, Chip, Cindy Lou, Bridget, Jahara, Go Dolphins. And uh, we have a new sponsor. Did you say go Dolphins? She's a Dolphins fan. I know yes. she's a Dolphins fan. You know why she's a Dolphins fan? Because she don't know no better. You know what? She probably likes. She probably likes people hitting her with a with a belt too. Because uh-huh. if you're a Dolphins fan, you're used to taking a beating. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, oh, Bengals yeah. Are, Bengals will be playing the Dolphins uh, next week. Bengals will be playing the Broncos this week. Yeah, and then they play, after that, they play... Um, I don't care about any of this. I know. Get and it, yeah, and we have a new sponsor, Andrew Hap. I think, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. Andrew, thank you very much for your patronage. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash historydweebs, and um, we will, we you know, we accept all donations, even if it's just a wee bit. Even a wee bit. It was yeah. just a wee bit. Yeah. So just thank a, you to all. Just a tiny last, just a tiny wee bit. S- seriously, to all of our sponsors, we really appreciate because it helps us cover the cost of. Um, and we're getting closer and closer to individual microphones, Timmy. Yes, we are, which will be great. We'll probably probably get that by, by the end of the year. I somebody so. told somebody put a, we got another review and they said the production values aren't great. Yeah, well. <laughs> 
Oh, well, not in the studio. I watch, I watch Outland. I've been watching Outlander, and you sound nothing like the guy that you want to. It's, they speak, they have these really thick accents, Scottish accents. It's very hard oh, to yeah. follow. What do you know? You know? I, well, I know that he his accents suck. His accent does suck, but that reminded me that I'm watching Outlander. Yay! And it's really good. That's Renee's favorite show. I know. There's a... Uh, there's, uh, you know what I did? Can there's, we get on with the story? But there's a there's a, a male-on-male rape scene in Outlander. I, did not, I was not comfortable with that. Yeah, here's the thing. He leaves for a week. Now he comes back and wants to rush us. I know. Because Look people at want us you've to get to the story. Here. If you've read our reviews, you know that. Well, I, you know what? I don't give a rat's dick about the reviews. A rat's dick. Yeah, you I don't give a rat's dick. dick. Anybody, you want to put a review on iTunes about us? Go ahead, but leave your name and email address, you cowardly bastards. Oh, Johnny Shoeshine, I'm son of a bitch. Johnny Shoeshine. I thought it was Footstool, but what the hell? Whatever his name. All right, was. let's get, let's go. Thank you, Brandy. All right, we're going to talk about the servant girl. Annihilator. Well, if you've ever, if and I am going with to it, struggle yeah. with this pronouncing Annihilator. Oh, there's a surprise. Timmy's going to struggle with some words. <laughs> the English language. <laughs> yeah. The whole English language thing. Um, so, <clears throat> the servant girl Annihilator was a serial killer who um, terrorized the city of Austin, Texas. I've never been to Austin, Texas, but I hear it's a pretty nice little, cool little town. They have Austin city limits there. Well, Good music. I think this the South by Southwest Festival in Austin. Um, it is in Austin. Actually, my son's band has played down there before. Yeah. Just to get him a plug. Did he? Uh, what's their name? Your son's band? Old, Old Guard. Old Guard. Okay, out of the Chicago area. Out of Chicago. Okay. Uh, so anyway, back to our story. The try uh, to stay on topic, Tim. <laughs> servant girl. Annihilator. Once, um, once again, our topic is <laughs> Servant Girl Annihilator, yes. in case you missed it. I believe it. we have covered that, yeah. So th- these uh, <laughs> murders occurred in 1884 and 1885. And there's some speculation. Some, it depends on where you read. Some, <clears throat> some propose that these were the first serial uh, killings in the United States. However... Um, we just looked that up and the bloody benders are first bloody benders had happened what in 1860 something 1869 but there was lust right killers Timmy yeah there and they was, was before the term serial killer was coined that's a relatively recent term phenomenon they were called lust killers so we don't know if this was first second or whatever but there, it was a, we believe it was a serial killer Although at the time they were reluctant to pin it on one person, they thought it um, they thought it was done by different individuals. But anyway, within a span of one year, the killer had slain seven women and one man. Many of his victims were sexually assaulted, and one of his victims was as young as eleven years old. So. Now, not the eleven-year-old, but you know we do these serial killer things all the time. Mm-hmm. And so many of these victims, you have to wonder, just a few of them, a small percentage, probably had it coming. Oh, my God. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you can't have... Right. You know what I mean? You can't have... Uh, out of a whole group of people, you know some assholes got killed. No, I don't know that at all. What are you saying? I'm just saying that all the people that got killed... Chuck, that's a terrible thing to say. Not no, always is. Everybody's I'm, getting their life together. Everybody's getting their life together. Everybody's getting... all. 
This is all How I'm saying. How can you say that people No, not everybody. That. I'm just saying a couple. There's a few, probably in this whole group, you know, Ted Bundy killed like 70 people. You know there was an asshole or two in there. Oh Wouldn't God. you agree with me, devil? I would agree. There are assholes everywhere. Yeah. I'm surrounded. I'm you sure none of these victims were assholes. You don't know that, though. I'm going to assume that. I'm assuming 60% of the population is assholes. Okay. I think anyway, that's, back I think to that's the slow. Back to the story. <laughs> yeah, it is low. So, this happened in 1884, which was, you know, less than 20 years after the end of the Civil War. It was one year before 1885. Yes, you're, you're correct. <laughs> um, if we're going to do math. So, Austin at the time was um, kind of progressive. It was integrated more than other southern cities. The first six victims of this killer um, were African American. Oh, because again, they were, uh, you know, they worked uh, in. He was a hate killer. No, they worked in uh, a lot of African Americans at the time in in that area were had jobs in the service industry, and so. Um, the first six victims were African-American, but the final two victims were uh, white women. So you know that's when it shit hit the fan. That's when, wow. that, yeah. that, that, that's when it became a problem. That's right? when it became an investigation. Yeah. So Where the white women at? Uh, most had been uh, brutally murdered in their rooms at night with uh, either an axe, hatchet, <laughs> or knife. As opposed to gingerly murdered. <laughs> well, but you remember, this reminds us me of the uh, Axe Man of New Orleans, right? As we said, there was, you know, everyone would have a hatchet or axe hanging around their house yeah. at the time. Uh, most were brutally murdered in their rooms. I already said that. Their bodies were then drugged away from the scene where the women were then sexually assaulted and left for dead. So they assaulted? Yeah. They, they attacked? Yes. Raped and then murdered? Well, I don't know. They attacked, and I think they raped them. They, they attacked them, mm-hmm. dragged them away, and then raped them. It was like one of the... So they might have raped them when they One of dead. the documentaries yeah. I saw on it, yeah, one of the documentaries I saw on it uh, one of the profile, you know, they brought these profilers in, and he said that they, they he would drag him away because he wanted to have more time, where he would feel rushed if he was. Nobody wants to be rushed. Yeah. No. So no. apparently, he, you know, wanted to make love. But if you have, you know, you got yourself a, a good warm corpse. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's you like take a f- your time. Fifteen second rule, kind of. <laughs> Wow. Really? You know. If you start before they've been dead for 15 seconds, it doesn't count them as dead. Well, no, I'm just saying, you know, while the body is still warm. Okay, anyway. That's neither here nor there. Oh. Um, Although, they arrested a bunch of people. (laughs) They just put a drag man out because the police police has got a lot of, um, there's a public outcry, especially after the white women were killed. So they just started arresting a bunch of people for different things, hoping to kind of catch the guy. But no one was has ever been held responsible for these killings, so it officially remains unsolved. Are we gonna solve it today? Yeah, I don't know. There's there's spec I mean there's some there's a couple of good theories out there, but I still think it's probably 
I don't know. We will see what you, when we get through it, see what you think at the end. So anyway, a little bit about Austin. Austin, Texas uh, was a small but growing community in 1884. Uh, again, it's just 20 years after the Civil War. It was progressive in its time, integrated to races. Um, only two decades before that, uh, it had been, just been a little rustic cow town with a population below 5,000. A cow town. Oh, there we go. Oh, what did I say? You said a cow cow. Oh, it might be that too. I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> no. Uh... It's my anorexia. Or no, not anorexia. What is it? <laughs> what is it when you don't believe in God? It's a dog? You believe in dog instead? Is that kind of anorexia? It's, you, had, you got dis, uh, dyslexia, dyslexia nervosa. Yeah, that's it. Dyslexia nervosa? Yeah. yeah. That's a bitch. Dyslexia. Um, what yeah. word are you fucking looking for? Yeah. That is uh, when you don't believe in dog. When you don't believe in dogs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dyslexic uh, atheist. <laughs> yeah. Jesus anyway. Christ. <laughs> so it had been a cow town, I'm sorry to say, with a population of below 5,000. Cattle and hogs ran wild in the street. I guess they ran hog wild. <laughs> Probably. You know what I always wondered about that, though? You know, how do you keep up with your own hogs? They're tagged. I mean, do you, yeah. like, whistle? GPS. They're tagged. Oh, GPS? Yeah. That, that, that would make sense. Oh, they have ear tags. But they have branded. But they're br- they're branded. Yeah, but you know what? What do you do if you're branded? Is that considered And cook? you know you're a man. Is that considered cooked bacon? Ooh, that's good thinking. See? But in 1885, the city was on the verge of becoming a modern city. It was almost a metropolis. Almost. It had 23,000 residents. Holy crap. 23,000. It had a mule-drawn streetcar. There were people that had, get this, talking uh, party-line telephones. Oh, holy goodness. There was a, an opera house where I assume there was opera going opera. on. Opera, mm-hmm. sure. Well, with the party lines, I assume there was sex talk going on. Probably. Probably uh, uh, some uh, orgy, orgy. You know, because text. I always believed the first telephone call, it was like, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> Watson, come here, whatever. It was like, "What are you wearing?" Good God! <laughs> you know what? Tell pissing. me, I'm a bad boy. What are you wearing? <laughs> Tell me what. I'm... Really, piss you off when you're having phone sex and that person hangs up. They, <laughs> they finish before you do. It's really. No, it's... you call Mac and you say, "Hey, what are you?" It's the horse race and theory, then, Timmy. And then, and then they'll pick up. I got, right mine, I got mine. You better I, get yours. I cross the finish line, dude. It I'm, goes right to the voicemail. <laughs> yeah. You call back. I can't even send you dirty text. because they're smoking by then or asleep. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, it, in, anyway, it was a booming little town in 1885. Uh, it had all the markings of an urban paradise. Heroin? It was called <laughs> the Athens of the West. Some called it. The Athens, Ohio? Uh, now, I guess Athens, Greece is probably what they're thinking because there was two, uh, three, actually three colleges there, and I think uh, University of, the University of Texas is in Austin now, Colonel? Look at that. Yeah, Maybe. it is. Okay. They could accommodate up to 250 students. Shit. I know. State schools are always so much bigger. Uh, so Austin's future in 1884 was looking pretty bright. It was hard to imagine that anything could go wrong. It is. But yet... Something did go wrong. Something went awry. It did go awry. A cold, calculating killer. His identity, still unknown to us today, 
was stalking the women of Austin. The attacks had begun in 1884, targeting black servants in the city's wealthiest white families. So these servants were living in the homes of these wealthy white people. Some victims uh, were only injured. And you know why that was? Uh, because the poor people could not afford servants, Timmy. True. <laughs> I'm sure that's probably why it was. Some victims were only injured while others were murdered. Um, the murders represented an example of an early serial killer operating in the United States three years before Jack the Ripper uh, stopped London. So this occurred few years before Jack the Ripper, and the Colonel will get into some speculation that there's a connection. I don't believe there is, but there are some who do, and we'll get into that when we get into suspects. But let's talk about the murders, Brandy. Let's talk about the murders. But, uh, yes. Most foul. It's most foul. It is. Most foul. I couldn't get it out quick enough. All right, so... That's what she said. On December 30th. <laughs> yeah. That was good. It's no wonder we no wonder we rank in the bottom 200. Whatever. Uh, on December 30th, 1884, a black cook named Molly Smith was found laid out in the snow next to the outhouse. I like the name Molly. Okay. I do. I dated a girl in high school named Molly. Is she Irish? She was. Molly Boy. I, I bet this one's These worse. are amazing stories. Right. Uh, laid out the snow next to the outhouse behind her employer's home with a big old horking hole in her head. Well, that don't seem kosher. Yeah. Uh, Molly was 25 and sleeping next to her boyfriend, Walter Spencer, 30. Do you have a hole, too? Well, you know what? When the couple was attacked by a man with an axe while they were sleeping. First of all, in 18-whatever this was... You needed to be married to be having all that premarital. You did. You there did. Is, yeah. and, and there is a one of the theories, and we I don't we don't go into it too much. But when I was doing the research on this, was that there was this um, a lot of these women were single, single uh, uh, black women. Well, and white women. Well, well no, two white women. no two white women were married, but a lot of them were single mothers yeah. who had what they they uh, I forget how they termed it, but it was a, like a live-in boyfriend. And there was some theories that this was this some, angered this guy. This yeah, this, this was pissing this so guy. It was, and the, his, it was his, the preacher. Did anybody his, his, the sense of appro- his sense of appropriateness? Yeah, yeah. His his delicate sensibilities yeah. were well, being I tested. Mean, you could see where that could happen. I, good lord, I know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he felt that they were sinning and took an axe to. But that is uh, wasn't isn't one of the theories that is most uh, you know respected in this whole thing. But it was it is. It was mentioned in a couple of things that I read while doing the research. Well, the, so the couple's attacked by this man, this guy with an axe, while they're sleeping uh, around midnight. Molly uh, was dragged to the backyard. She was raped and murdered. Poor Molly. Well, uh, Walter Spencer, who was the, their boyfriend, was seriously wounded by the axe-wielding madman, but he survived the attack. Um, Molly Smith, like any... Many other persons in 1880s Austin came from somewhere else. She was born in Virginia in 1857, uh, was in Texas by the early 1870s, if not sooner, and first appears on the U.S. Census in Waco, Texas. Yeah, a lot of these, uh, there's not a lot known about it, a lot of these victims because, first, record, you know, there wasn't a lot of good records back in the day, and second, you know, with. Um, 
you know, the Civil War just entering, a lot of people were relocating, and, you know, just... For sure. So there's just not... I mean, the most data that is out there is usually census data on them, so... Uh, let's see. She shows up on the census uh, in Waco, Texas. She's working as a domestic servant at the residence of Friend Ovid Rogers. There's a hell of a fucking yeah. name. Yeah. Friend... I'm going to say it slower. Friend... Ovid Rogers, but who cares about Rogers? Ovid. Ovid. They, these people just make these things up. Friend, I yeah. that. Friend is kind of friendly name. Friend is a stupid name because it is not a name. No, because like and you're walking kid. down the sidewalk and you say, hello, friend. Hello, friend. You, hello, friend. you know what? You thank them for being a friend. And you know what? Yeah. Well, thank you, friend. Travel down the road and back again. But here's the thing. Fuck you, friend. What if he's a dick? Then he's not your friend. You asshole, friend. Yeah. Friend's You're no a, friend of mine. Friend's an <laughs> asshole. That's well, bullshit. This my it's this like, my friend friend. Right. It's like naming your kid Apple or you know pilot. No, it's, it's pilot inspector. It's, it's a like stupid name. Naming it's, your kid Mister. Yeah, it's using an adjective, right? So mm-hmm. like naming I mean, him red. It's like naming him shiny. Yeah. Should have just named him Yella. Big Dick Yaller. Big Dick Richie. I don't think friend is mic. an adjective. I, I don't know. That's what he called it. I don't know. It's yeah. a noun. We have, well, it could be a noun, right? He struggles. He struggles. He struggles with the English We had language. a big, long discussion yesterday. Chuck, when you were in school, did you learn the rule? Why is a vowel sometimes? <laughs> no, it's Why not. is a vowel sometimes? A-E-I-O-U and sometimes why? First of all, you two are older than fuck because nobody knows that anymore. Why is not... Why is not... Jim. J-Y-M. Why is a vowel... My. Wait, look, listen. Why is Try. not the bisexual of the alphabet? Try. No. Try. Where's the vowel? Try and shut the fuck up because <laughs> it's not a vowel. You obviously need some schooling. I do not need schooling. I've had plenty of schooling. She went to Lebanon. Oh, yeah. First of all, GED... <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not banter about such things. I'm just saying you went to Lebanon. I'm well, he, he has enough school and to know the why is a vow. I'm just saying you didn't even graduate. Really, Sometimes so. a vow. I graduated it's not. after my class. He went to the University of Cincinnati and played baseball. What are you he went about? to the University went, of Cincinnati for ten minutes. I went to. I graduated from high school in summer school. I had to take classes in summer school to graduate. He and got a baseball scholarship. And why were you failing English? First of uh, all, were you failing English? First of all, this I know. Man, I he has a baseball scholarship, which is a very difficult thing to do. Is to get played sports for a Division One school. He didn't. Thank you. Know. Well, he was. He got. But he, he was, didn't. He but he didn't play. Can we so just focus on? He's very. He's a very learned man. Fucking shit. It, why is a vowel? Goddamn it! It's not. He's a colonel. I'm a colonel. Fuck's sake! Give a shit. And by decree, I decree why a vow. I will slit your throat with a hangnail and not think twice. All right. So we got. I I, you don't even get into W, man, because I try to tell you sometimes why and W and W Uh, Uh, on a rare occasion W can be a vow. Stupid. Quit fucking. Quit fucking talking. We got jackass friend Ovid Rogers here. Okay, back to the story. Uh, So Rogers, the Rogers household. Included a wife, two daughters, and a son, Robert, a lawyer who was the same age as Molly. Solicitor, if you will. If you will. <laughs> but we're not in England, so we would not. Uh, let's see. A barrister. <laughs> yeah. yeah barrister. Again, not in England, so we're good. They wear wigs over there. That's why they wear a wig over That's why I went to law school. They still wear wigs. That's why I went to law school. I want a powdered wig. It's crazy. I, those things always look like they kind of smell. Um, 
Molly had been in the service of the family as a cook for a little over a month before the attack. Yeah, so she wasn't working with them very long before she, she was, was not. You can't get good help anymore. Well, she probably didn't pass probation. Well, no, clearly yeah. if, she, if she got murdered, then she didn't. Uh, five it's like you got to go later. right back out and hire again. <laughs> I know. It's, That's it's, the worst it, thing it's about a, It's a, a turnstile. Yeah, people, you hire somebody, you teach them how to do the job, then they... Someone comes the in and chops their head Selfish some bitches go out and get themselves chopped up and raped, and then all of a sudden now it's a big inconvenience for you because you got to find somebody new. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bitch. So anyway, five months... I, I always feel better when we do these when we do when we do these stories from the 1800s. I don't feel as bad as making them fun of it. I mean, I feel a little bad, but you know, like the recent ones. Well, it I, wasn't like there was kids. I mean, they would be they dead now kids. anyway, right? They were, she was like she twenty was years old. Oh, twenty five. Yeah. Twenty five. She ain't a kid. She's still a kid. Twenty five. She could bear children at twenty five. She well, had she born children. children. You can bear children at twelve. I can't bear children at all. I can't Thank bear children God anymore. For that. All right. You can't bear children. No, I can't bear to be around them. <laughs> I can't bear fruit either. So I can bury children. Uh, let's see. I'm kidding. I like kids. Don't send me emails. <laughs> he don't. He hates puppies. All right. No, five no, months no, later, puppies. he hates cheese. I do hate cheese. I am a member of the Anti-Cheese Coalition. I know you are. Five months later, an African-American maid, Eliza Shelley, 30 years of age and mother of three small children, was attacked and killed with an axe in her sleep. Eliza, who cooked for a family of a former state legislator, was discovered by her young children on the floor of the room where they'd been sleeping. She could have been a cook for the legislature if she cooked for everyone, every member. She yeah. needs some big pots. I went ahead and changed that when I said it, uh-huh. and then I reset it. Okay. Not like you, where I mispronounce things and just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> just keep plowing through. Continue, uh, please. Uh, Back so, to the story. No, her baby's found her with her head about cut in uh-huh. two from this axe. That, that would be true. Uh, she was born in Waco, Texas in 1857. Second one from Waco, right? In 1880, she was living in McLennan County, Texas, uh, and was the mother of two children. Georgia, uh, a daughter, uh, and she was seven, and then there was an unnamed son. As your niece's name. That was six months. Georgia. Yes, her, yes yeah. it is. At the time of her death, the newspapers, who, you know, weren't any really any rush to get anything right, inaccurately reported that she had three boys. Yeah, uh, the, you know, and I, I kind of edited some of this stuff because of the... the the offensive language. language that the newspapers used at the time. So, um, let's see. The newspaper described her as, and I'm going to go ahead and quote here. Yeah, these are quotes that were yeah. terms that were used at the time that we would not use today. Uh, a colored woman named Eliza Shelley and her three small children. Uh, the woman was employed by Dr. Lucian B. Johnson as a cook and had been in the service of the family a long time. The woman had no money, unless a few paltry cents that she might have saved from her wages. Eliza had formerly lived in the country, in the country, where she was also Mr. Johnson's service, and was an excellent woman. She oh, that's had, nice. Well, this is what I personally like. She had a husband in the penitentiary to whom she was greatly attached. So evidently that's news. <clears throat> Well, I, you know, that was one of the more uh, uh, supportive, caring type of uh, stories. Some of them were really bad. 
you know, how the descriptions of the victims. Yeah. Well, were I could imagine back. if it was a black person in Texas, it yeah. was not described in 18, kindly. In 1884, oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Ike Shelley, Ike Shelley, who was a prisoner in Huntsville, Texas, in 1880, was likely Eliza's husband. Uh, let's see, according to prison records, he was incarcerated in 1879 and then released in November of 1880. Hmm. So, Ike. Ike. Which is still a better name than friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although he beat his wife, Tina. Well, he did. He did. Uh, the doctor's wife, Ruth, also testified to the good Dr. character. Ruth? Dr. Ruth? Dr. Ruth. No, doctor's wife. Mrs. Oh. Dr. Ruth. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, also testified to the good character of the deceased. The murdered woman was about 30 years old, of medium size, of medium size and unmixed African blood. Like I said, some of the terms well we used were a lot more harsher than that in the newspapers. But so again, like what Chuck was saying earlier, you know, why? First of all, why do you have to testify to her good character? She's dead. Like even mm-hmm. if she'd been an asshole, she didn't deserve to die. But like she could have been an asshole. She could have been. Uh, three weeks after Eliza Shelley's death. But you know there's some judging going on. If they're saying, talking about her husband in the penitentiary. There's always judging. And she had yeah. no money. I mean, do you want to, if you got murdered, she you might have a few paltry With a lot of murder victims, though, you still, you see it now. They brought it on themselves. I mean, the, he's saying that again. No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying with, with reporters, you can see this subtle thing kind of like they brought it on themselves, you know. Oh, that they, it's implied that they were. Yeah. Um, Although, I'm just saying some of them had it coming. Yeah, I know. You said that already. Continue, Brandon. Three weeks after Eliza Shelley's death on May 22, 1885, a third black servant, Irene Cross, who was 33 years old, was sliced up with a knife. A reporter who spoke to the dying woman, because why make room for a doctor when you can get a good story, <laughs> a good story yeah, yeah. said she looked as if she'd been scalped. The murder took place uh, at the residence of her employer, Valentine Valentine O. Weed. Valentine O. Weed. Yeah, that he is, is he is Irish. That is my new porn name, Valentino Weed. O. Weed. And all of these, all of these um, murders happen in the same general area. Right. I mean, within blocks of each other. So. Well, this would happen exactly one block north of where Eliza Shelley was killed. Irene Cross was born in Mississippi about 1847. By 1870, Irene and her husband, Haywood, were living in Austin along with their nine-year-old son, Washington. Now, Haywood's a good 1800s name. Uh, In 1880, Irene Cross was widowed. Her husband died sometime in the 1870s. Irene lived with her son and an eight-year-old nephew named Douglas Brown. The night Irene was murdered, Washington was gone, but Douglas was there. He was one of the few people to see the killer, whom he described as a big... Okay, here we go. A big, chunky Negro man, barefooted and with his pants rolled up. And you So, got, wait a minute. I have a theory on who that could be. I have a theory that, that the... the Cops are leading him in the questioning, <laughs> yeah. is what I have Well, heard. there's that. I also feel like maybe 
uh, Big Jim from Huckleberry. That's what I was just Huckleberry thinking. Yeah, the, there. Revenge, the uh, yeah, the revenge of Big, Big Jim. Jim. Yeah, yeah and then, Big Jim's pissed. They didn't call him Big Jim in the, in, the, in the book most of the time. Um, Big you Jim. know why they call him Big Jim? Huh? You know why they call him <laughs> yeah. Big Jim? Well, that was who was She's the lady that tall. wanted the but he painted. did not have. He did not have a, a Y in his name. It was J I M. Oh, Jesus. It was J I M. Yeah. Was her name Betsy something or another? Miss Betsy. That yeah, wanted yeah. her uh, fence painting. Her, yeah. her White and Jim, they was hooking up. Right. They was hooking up. You think, you're so weird. So bloody footprints were sat, found at several of the murder locations. Uh, but investigators noted that the killer had something fucked up with one of his feet. There's a club foot. Well, I've read club foot. I've also read he had a toe missing. Because a missing he, toe? He let blood the same. what it looks like. <laughs> He had, uh, he had blood stain. You know when you make signs, the listeners can't hear that? I know, but it cracked me up. Um, there were, in several of the locations, he had left bloody footprints. Bloody Maybe stool. Just. Bloody stool. <laughs> baby he bloody stool. If he, left his, if he left his little baby toe, one of the things. At yeah. the first murder, he left a, they found a baby toe they couldn't account for. Yeah. At the next murders, it looked like the no, murderer only had four toes. They did not find But I did read, I've read both that he was missing a toe and then he would, they thought he was clubfoot. So. Well, you can't trust a clubfoot. Well, <laughs> I mean, I've read sure. that. You I'm can't. not sure about that, but you cannot I would trust think, a clubfoot. I don't. Can a, Dudley Moore a, was a clubfoot. A club, someone with a clubfoot <laughs> be able to to go into a house because this guy attacks men too. There's he already attacked the uh, the the first victim and her boyfriend. Yeah, he attacks another victim. No, clubfoot people got those amazing. They got amazing like the dwarfs in the circus. What don't they don't club feet like step drag step drag? Which yeah, like I think the is usual right. suspects. Which is see because they didn't. It's hard to get Kaiser at, Sose. The, yeah. in the evidence here what they're looking for. But the the investigators would um, ask uh, the suspects if they had anything unusual about their feet. So in some places it's they think that they're he had a club foot. The others he had a missing toe. I got a bunion. Better than an extra toe. <laughs> yeah. I got a bunion. I got a or an extra one. You got an grown toe now. And you know, if you lose one, you still you still have five. It's not really how that works. I think. Please continue, Randy. Uh, then on August thirty first, eighteen eighty five, a few blocks away, an African American servant servant named Rebecca Ramey was knocked unconscious while she slept. Which isn't mm. that redundant? Sometimes that's just no. This one is. This is sad. This is a sad one. Uh, so anyway, she was knocked unconscious while she slept, and her 11-year-old daughter, Mary, was dragged into the backyard wash house, stabbed through the ear with an iron rod, and raped. Damn, they, hold on, he knocked out the old woman and took the young girl? Yeah, and uh, had a rod pounded into her ear. Oh, Stuck for her, fuck's like, sake. That's, walking Dead style. Put yeah, that yeah that's some ear. fucked up stuff right yeah, but, there. And then raped her. So we're not real picky on whether people are alive or dead, I guess, at this point. <clears throat> Uh, the, her mother could not describe the assailant. Uh, Mary was born in Austin in 1875. She never knew her, her father, Jacob. Uh, he died several months before she was born. She was raised by her mother. Mary was raised by her mother, Rebecca, uh, and grew up in a family which included an older brother and sister, a grandmother named Harriet, an uncle that was named Edward, and he had opened Carrington Grocery Store in 1872 which was one of the first African-American-owned businesses in Austin. 
Mary Mamie was well known and loved by family, friends, and neighbors, including an uncle who ran a blacksmith shop next door. She was the baby of the family, the center of attention, who greeted regular customers and folks from the neighborhood who stopped by in the store for Yeah, she's just this adorable little girl. Uh, by the mid-1880s, Edward Car- Carrington had apparently sold or leased the store on Pecan Street to Richard Dukes and had relocated his own business to Mesquite Street a few blocks north. Rebecca Ramey found employment working as a domestic servant at the residence of Valentine <coughs> O. Weed on East Cedar Street. She and Mary lived on the property, uh, and when the attack occurred on when lived on the property when the attack occurred on the thirty first of August. Um, after the death of her daughter, Rebecca moved to East Austin to the neighborhood of Rosewood, where she lived for the rest of her life with her older daughter Minnie and son in law Lee Green. Uh, an 1888 newspaper article stated that Rebecca had never recovered from the shock and wounds of that terrible night of blood. On September 28, 1885, um, came the murders of Gracie Vance and her boyfriend, another good one, Orange Washington. <laughs> Orange is an adjective. Yeah. In this sense. Well, it's in, also a noun. In every sense. No, it can be a noun. I have an orange. An apple and an orange. Okay. Uh, let's see. But in this sense, it's probably an adjective. Thank you. Well, it's a noun. It's his name. So. Anytime. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, let's see. Well, if you were going to say, what should I put in a fruit salad? I would say it's an adjective. Or, or a noun. If you were going to say, what you'd fucking say, if you were going to say, orange. what was, what is one of our presidential candidates look like? It would be an adjective. Oompa loompa. Oompa loompa. Uh, let's see. So they were sleeping in the shanty behind the house where Gracie's boss lived. The attacker hit Washington in the skull with an axe and then carried Vance to a stable on the property, where she was later found, her head almost beaten into jelly according to the story in the Austin Daily Statesman. So this had to be a big guy. In yeah, it. I mean, he's attacking couples. Yeah. You know, he's well, not. He's just yeah. not going yeah. after women. Well, and carrying people them. off. Yeah, like, he's yeah, driving, driving yeah. steel rods through people's heads. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a big guy. Uh, that same evening... Oh, whoops, sorry. The newspaper also went out of their way to point out that the girl, Gracie, was living with Orange Washington without resorting to the formality of legal marriage. Oh, the whore. Basically, is what they are saying. Yeah, pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was... That same evening, domestic helpers Lucinda Body and Patsy Gibson, both 17-year-old African-American women, were seriously wounded in separate attacks. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. By a dark figure wielding an axe. Damn, he was going crazy that uh, night. To this point, the killer focused solely on African Americans. Many believe this is why Austin Police Force failed to act. However, the small local police force and local sheriff was coming under increasing pressure to solve these murders. I think well, they only had like. Well, yeah, because the rich people had to keep hiring new people. Well, right. So it was inconvenient. Yeah. Up to this point, the police have been treating the murders as separate and distinct inc- incidences. Even though local newspapers proposed that the murders were all done by the same fiend or fiends. Well, I mean... That seems a little judgmental. Well, Well, it seems like a little stupid to think that these were all just separate incidents where, you know, these people are just someone, you know... Well, I don't know that makes them a fiend. No, I'm saying they, the, the police were trying, you know, trying to say that this was not done by the same guy in the same neighborhood. All these yeah. axe murders are right. happening. Uh, let's see. Uh, there was one consolation for White Austin. It was that the killer seemed interested only in the black women. But on Christmas Eve, 1885, all hell broke loose. What happened then? Well, I'm going to tell you. The body of Sue Hancock, a white woman described by one reporter as one of the most refined ladies in Austin. Mm. And not anybody that would sleep with somebody outside marriage, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, not so much with the next victim, but go ahead. They were discovered, uh, she was discovered by her husband Moses in their backyard after he parted the grass. Mm-hmm. He could <laughs> see her there. Or maybe it's a burning bush. Check the burning name. bush. Yeah. I don't know. What? That's a nice question. I like name. I like the name Moses. You know, you know. Uh, her name had been split up. Her head, excuse me, had been split open by an axe, and a sharp, thin object was lodged in her brain. Man, he was really into lodging things. things. Yeah, lodging things in people's brains. Uh, Susan Hancock was born Susan Clementine Skaggs in Alabama in 1840. Her husband, Moses, was born in North Carolina in 1830, and they married in 1868. The Hancocks moved to Austin in early 1885. This is after he parted the Red Sea. Sure. Most likely hoping for carpentry work. There you go. Moses was looking for some carpentry work. Just like Jesus. Just Just like like Jesus Jesus in Austin. And much like the colonel. Yeah. Which, at that time, uh, Austin was experiencing a construction boom. Uh, The couple had two daughters, Lena and Ida. On the night of December 24, 1885, an intruder entered the Hancock home. Leah and Ida Hancock had gone to a Christmas party and were not home that night. Susan was asleep in her daughter's bed when an intruder struck her in the head, knocking her unconscious, before carrying her into the backyard. So now he's going after white women, white folk. Oh, that's a problem. Uh, Moses woke up when he heard a noise and was able to scare the intruder off. Susan was severely wounded. She lasted three days and died on December 28th. Suspicion soon fell. She got attacked on Christmas. And she lived three days. She lived three days. Mm -hmm. That ain't right. Um, Let's see. Suspicion fell on Moses. Even the Germans and the French called a true son. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's Christmas a smart day. time so to attack the, now, now white people are upset because now uh, this guy is going around, you know. Well, suspicion falls on poor little Moses there because he was unable to protect his wife. So well, a man has a duty to protect his wife. He does, but, you know, anyway. Uh, an hour later, Eula Phillips was found dead in the wealthiest neighborhood in the city. This cracks me up because, so, you got this murder going on, right? So police suspect the husband, Moses. Right. Even though, an hour later, right. we got Eula Phillips murdered oh, a few old, blocks away. Good old Eula, let's see. Her Eula nude, has quite a story. Her nude body was in an unlit alley bet- behind her father-in-law's home, which she had been living with her husband, where she had been living with her husband Jimmy Phillips Jr. and their young son. Jimmy was in bed, nearly unconscious, a severe gash in the back of his head. Uh, their little boy was next Arrested to him. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the little boy. They was took him in for questioning. <laughs> No, they, they 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 found him. They found him guilty, and, and it was overturned. The guy had a gash in his head. Well, so the little boy was in it. In the little boy was next to Jimmy mm-hmm. in bed. And he was unharmed, and he was just chilling, holding his like, apple. He was like two or something. Yeah, Eula was found by following the trail of blood. Well, that'll do it. From the bedroom. Her skull had been bashed in by an axe and heavy pieces of timber had been placed across her arms as if to keep her pinned down during the attack, and she'd been raped. A writer for the Fort Worth Gazette, one of many Texas journalists who rushed to the scene, reported that Eula was on her back, her face turned upward in the dim moonlight with an expression of agony that death itself had not erased from the features. You know, they seem much more articulate with the white women in their Yeah, yeah. They're a little kinder, too. Mm-hmm. Eula was born Eula Burdett on, on April 22nd, 1868. She married James Phillip Jr. Uh, and ew. Yeah, she was a little young when she got married. Yeah, James was 21 and Eula was 14. Wow. Eula gave her birth to a baby boy named Thomas in January 1884, uh, and less than two years later, Eula would be dead. Local newspaper headlines boldly alerted readers that the killer was n- has now started killing the white people. <laughs> killing the white people. Yeah. Hello. Uh, this brought increased scrutiny on law enforcement and local politicians to do something. It was around this time that writer O. Henry who actually lived in Austin in 1885 under his real name, William Sidney Porter. Did you know his real name was William Sidney Porter? Oh, Henry. When William Sidney Portier. He no. went on to become a famous <laughs> no. black actor. No, it's not true at all. He coined the phrase service girl annihilator to describe the killer. Yeah, he wrote a fiction mm-hmm. uh, novel fiction. That? Yeah, no, I like that. That was really smooth. It was. Yeah. So, so what happens next there, Colonel? Well, there's all kinds of things that happens next. Tell us about Eula. Yeah, tell us. Eula, well, now, once word spread of Christmas Eve massacre, men raced from their homes. Mm-hmm. They was just bordering on frenzy here, according to a reporter's account. And they gathered on Congress Avenue. Blood, blood, blood. Last night's horrible butchery, screamed the headlines in the news. Yeah, the next so, day statesman. So now that now he's got their attention. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. 
The lines grew long and tense at Austin's gun shops, Demi. Oh, people buying, people starting to pack. Luckily, they're starting to pack Bill Terry Goodman's heat. got a knife show with him, Terry. <laughs> so. Now, when supplies well. of new weapons ran out, would-be vigilantes hauled out rusty ones used by their fathers and grandfathers during the Texas Revolution. Well, they should recycle. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, many older black residents convinced that the killer had supernatural powers burned candles in their homes yeah, there was some to voodoo, protect themselves. Um, well, yeah. The fact was voodoo. They believed the killer was a white man who had magic powers that enabled him to become invisible. As no dogs or fenced-in yards adjacent to the location was where the murders occurred, were heard to bark or raise any alarm. It's the Sherlock yeah. Holmes, the dog did not, did not bark. That is odd. The glove did not fit. Yeah. Now, citizens of all races are a little concerned about this uh, <clears throat> guy now, and they're convinced that the local police force, which only has 11 officers, could not protect them from the killer. In an extraordinary Christmas Day meeting, Timmy... Oh, they had a meeting on Christmas on Day. On Christmas Day morning. I did not get the memo. 500, well, you wouldn't have shown up anyway. You would have called the meeting, but you wouldn't have been there. <laughs> right, true. Yeah, that's true. Um, more I than, accept that. More than 500 city and business leaders, lawyers, constables, cattlemen, doctors, clergymen, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers. Let's call the whole thing off. They all met. Did they have a lot of candlestick makers in Austin? Yes. It's the 18-whatevers. People are burning shit in their home. Somebody's got to make that shit. All right. Well, these people all met to devise a plan to stop the killings. Okay. There were proposals to light the entire city at night with huge lamps so the killer could see better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Texas Governor John Ireland suggested that fire alarms be set off whenever the next attack occurred so that everyone could come out of their houses Fully armed and hunt the killer down. And gawk. You know what? That might be that might not be a bad idea. Not if the killer carried a rifle. We'd even killed somebody and then jumped out in the street and said, "Let's go get that son bitch." Yeah, it might, you may have some vigilante vigilanteism going on there. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all, might, all vigilanteism. But yeah. Now, a bombastic former Confederate general suggested bombastic that the soldiers, like Mister Boombast. I got. I said. I said it right. Okay, great. Continue. He suggested that soldiers be stationed around Austin to prevent anyone from leaving, and that all those within the city be strictly questioned and have cavity searches. I don't think he said cavity searches, but close enough. Well, cavity searches would not have been a bad idea for these people, Timmy. Um, but they wanted them to be questioned as to their whereabouts, and we 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 are just young, joined by a. Uh, we have a, a guest. Uh, a guest, young An honored guest. Logan Walters, the Hello. Colonel's youngest son. He's Hi. so honored to be here. Yes, I'm very honored. Yeah, yeah you, now you get to see how the sausage is made, son. Now yeah. you get to see what has made me famous throughout the world. This is this is incredible. It, it's <laughs> it, it's amazing, and uh, now that you're on the show, man, you're going to be women's going to be hitting you up left and right. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Oh, they're going to be. They'd probably do anyway, but... We'll take a shot of the little young Walters here, but I can't do it because I'm reading. Can you do that? Yes, absolutely. Um, So anyway, where are we at? So, now... if we put you on our page? No. Okay, cool. There we go. Did did it need to be silent while he took that picture? I did not want to... I'm trying to figure out where the hell I was here. Quiet, devil. Quiet, devil. Woman... If you read Enough. If you read the script, <laughs> boy, yeah. Now, police inv- techniques were pretty primitive. 
Um, they consisted primarily of anal cavity searches. It's yeah. not for your favorite um, part. <laughs> this was before fingerprints could be used to identify perpetrators. But they could use ass prints. But they, they could use say. ass prints and toe prints. Yes. Because this guy only had four t- Maybe it was a sloth walking around killing people. Fucking sloth. Fucking <laughs> fucking sloth. They should do away with them. Fucking sloths are bullshit. They are bullshit. Now, the only investigative tool available to police was one old bloodhound named Old Blue and some rubber hoses. <laughs> so pressure was mounting for the police to make an arrest. Instead of connecting to the murders, however, the police continued to view each murder as a separate incident. Yeah, how can they cannot connect these? Well, it, it seems to me that they was not the best policemen. Um, in early 1866, police arrested Moses Hancock. Clearly they should have. Yeah, and charged him with the murder of his wife, Susan. Witnesses for the prosecution portrayed Moses as a drunkard who was often verbally abusive to his wife, although no evidence of physical abuse was ever presented. Now, you doesn't know Moses. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. I don't. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. When did you stop beating your wife, Moses? That's the question I would have had. So anyway, now they did find a bloody footprint. We know about that. Mm-hmm. And Moses had to dip in his foot, had to dip his foot in ink and make a footprint. The jury gasped when it became clear Moses' foot. Oh, Mr. Walters, you're taking off here? I you're not going to? I'm sorry, guys. Thanks he's going to be a famous artist he, one of these he days. Is. And, uh, we're gonna be. He's gonna be the colonel's retirement plan because his twin brothers they ain't much of nothing. So well, at least you have a retirement. But I got one that's gonna got some potential here. Don't do it. You need to uh, sit in sometime with us. Yeah, no, I have to go work on homework actually with at a group project I have to do. Okay. Well, thanks for stopping in. This yeah, it was nice seeing you. All right. See ya. Wonderful to see you, son. Yep. See ya. Continue, Colonel. Okay. Now Moses. Once the footprint, the footprint did not match. Oh, and they the have to acquit. Jury audibly gasped. Audibly. Audibly. Yeah, wouldn't you check that out before you present that to a jury? Probably mm-hmm. should have. Moses was then completely exonerated. Yeah, so they his he's like a size eight foot, and the guy's like a size twelve or something. Now, police then set to solve the other white woman murder of Eula Phillips, which had occurred on Christmas Eve, 1865. Now, once again, police focused the investigation on the victim's husband, Jimmy Phillips. Now, you got all these women laying around with holes in their heads and a bunch of husbands getting all jumpy and twitchy and boy. Yeah, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. They, yeah. For some reason, they did not want to uh, uh, concede that this might be a serial killer. Yeah, it was well known. A lust killer. It was well known in the community that the Phillips marriage was not a happy one. And I'm pretty sure fourteen. That might have something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's well known in the community that almost every marriage is not a happy one. But you know, if Renee, something God forbid, would have happened to Renee. Well, God forbid it would happen to me first. Mm-hmm. But you know they'd have Renee under those lights. I mean, on July sixth, did you or did you not say? I'm, I I'm hope not sure that they you. would. I think they would probably just let her walk. <laughs> they probably would. But if something happened and to her, her for her service, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah, that's yeah. She's got a built-in alibi. Now Eula was described as unhappy throughout the marriage. 
sometimes sleeping in the parlor. Mm-mm. Not, mm. not the parlor. Do you ever yeah. sleep in the parlor, Brandy? You ever sleep in the parlor? I don't have a parlor, so... <laughs> That's kind of fucked up, then, isn't it? It really yeah. is. I should, he, I should have a parlor. Maybe yeah. did, do you ever make Dave sleep on the sofa? Uh, no, I don't make him sleep on the sofa. Okay. No. Do you know how I know I'm sleeping on the sofa? When I come in the bedroom and my pillows are on the floor. <laughs> if Renee's really mad at me, she'll shut the door... She'll put my pillows on the floor in the hallway, and as I start to come into my bedroom, my pillows will be on the floor. That's like five, five nights a week? Or and, you know, I, don't, I just pick them up and go right to the bed. I'm like, well, this is my bed. I am the king of this domain. Yeah, you are. Continue, Colonel. Oh. You're the colonel, actually. I'm the colonel of this domain. Yeah. In the last three months of 1885, Eula and James' marriage seems to be unraveling. What well, happened? Well, Eula started having a not-so-discreet affair with 27-year-old John Dickinson. Uh, John Dickinson, he's oh, banging you all up. over the yeah. place. He Six ways yeah. to Sunday, banging at her. So Dickinson was single, attractive, mingle. wealthy, well-connected, and well-hung. <laughs> and he held <laughs> I don't know if he, he was well-hung or not, but he... he <laughs> <laughs> what well, you say, single, right? I hate people when they say that. Single, right. wealthy, attractive, well-connected, yeah. and well-hung. And uh, he held the prominent position of Secretary of, Cap- of the Capitol Commission, the agency overseeing the construction of the state capitol building, then in progress. In November 1885, Eula left her husband, taking her infant son with her. Then she spent a week at the residence of Fanny Wibble. Fanny. She met Fanny. Fanny. Fanny Wibble. <laughs> During the day, she was with well, Fanny Wibble. But what was Fanny's occupation, Kurt? Hmm? Get to that. What was she at night? Um, well, I got to get that. Um okay. So, but anyway, she hung out with Miss Fanny during the day, but she would meet up with Mr. Wellhung Dickinson in the evenings. Yeah, they called him Johnsonson, mm-hmm. Peterson, all kinds of things. Dickinson. So she's banging this guy. Yeah, over, evidently Eula did not plan on returning to James because she had Miss Whipple, Miss Whipple fetch her belongings. Oh. Now you only you know, stayed at Miss Whipple's. Whipple comes to your house. Oh, you're in trouble. You're yeah. in big trouble. You're, you're getting ready to give up some shit. Yeah. Yeah. You only stayed with her a week and moved in to the home of May Tobin, where she spent the following week again seeing Peckerson on several husband, occasions. But if her husband, Mr. Whipple, comes to your house, <laughs> yeah. you get free toilet, free toilet paper. paper. Well, you're getting your shit squeezed, yeah. I can tell you that. Now, both Whipple and Tobin operated what are called assign, assination houses. Assignment houses. What, what are assignment houses? Uh, or assignment, assination, whatever. As, I like your way better. As an, assination houses. Okay, what are assignment Which were private residences houses. in which re- the owners rented rooms for romantic Romantic encounter, like oh, a, so Airbnb. In a whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more like a, a pro- love motel. A whore hotel. Yeah, kind of. Provided a certain amount of discretion to their customers. Discretion that would not have been possible if one checked into a local hotel or boarding house. Motel yeah. 6 doesn't give you that kind of discretion. No. No. They leave a light on. They <laughs> Some bitches, anybody can see in God that window. Yeah, draw the blinds. Turn the lights off, for fuck's sake. I'm in here with an ugly woman. That's right. <laughs> sleep. They leave a light on. That's bullshit. Now, while Eula was gone, 
And at the urging of his mother to straighten up, James Phillips stopped drinking. Oh, good. He secured a carpentry job much like Jesus and bought some furniture, but on credit. Well, he, uh, he went down to Renna Center and got himself some credit. That's probably got him a, 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 a sofa, maybe mm. a daybed. Some place to put. He had to get some place to put in the parlor to sleep because some bitch had been sleeping on the floor in the yeah. parlor. So um, Eula, Eula, um, Eula and Thomas, Eula May. James went up to Elgin, convinced Eula to come back to Austin. Okay, so he Eula and her son returned back. Okay. Now, all was seemingly quiet at the Phillips household for the rest of the month. James worked on the construction of the farming's hall, and Eula and the baby were at home. So they're doing a little, they're reunited now. They're reunited now. And it felt so good. They're working yeah. through things. Now, on the night of Christmas Eve, after Phillips' household was fast asleep, Eula slipped out of the house. That whore. And accompanied by someone unknown, arrived at Maid Tobin's, where she had previously spent time accepting the the romantic services of Mr. John Dickinson. So Eula Dickinson's asked, still hitting that thing. Eula, oh, he tapping it, he banging it like a drum, Timmy. It's banging it like a drum. And you know what? Mr. Poor Mr. John Phillips coming home every night after his carpenter job and getting his sleepy furniture and having yeah. to get sloppy seconds. That ain't right. Now, women, if you're going to do that kind of thing, clean yourself up real good because a man shouldn't have to be where a man been before. Well, well especially on rented furniture. On rented furniture, yeah. You because know. you know they mark that shit up. Because well, James coming home thinking, oh, you all excited. Look at that. I can't You got come. that end but table there. You're paying excited. like 10 times the price of that end table. Yeah. Yeah, and you're getting secondhand all marked CUDA. Up. Well, you know how Mr. Dickinson, Mr. Dickens made his money, right? How? He's the president of, he's the president of Dick Insider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. A refreshing drink. Yeah, a refreshing drink. You know what that made me think? You you brought something up here. I, don't, I didn't mean um, to. Now, Miss uh, Cindy Lou um, made a comment on our page about women having their labias surgically removed reduced. or what reduced. Yeah. While meanwhile, on the other, there's these fetish places where women are like hanging weights from their labias uh-huh. to make them bigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think what, what, why are they doing this? Well, and then it came to me, Timmy. What? It came to me. If you can make them big enough, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You could wrap them around a can, just like a koozie, and you could have a kuda koozie. Nice. So you would always have some place to put your beer. Wow. Hmm. Wow. I'd be like, here, woman, hold that's my beer fascinating. for me. I just want to make one dick joke, and then I go into all this kuda yeah, koozie. See, business. it wasn't really worth it. I, I just thought Kuda back to Eula. You're fascinated by somebody. Eula, Christmas Eve, 1880. No, I'm fascinated by why women would hang weights from their labias to make because them bigger. There are men out there that think that that's attractive. Yeah. Well, then why are they getting them cut down? No, if I you have them in like if you Google big yes. labias, labia.com, biglabia.com, you'll get the picture. Biglabia.com. <laughs> okay, I have to check that one out. I'll, I'll wait till I get home to do that one. No, do it now. Do it on the phone. <laughs> it's actually, they're referring <laughs> BBLs is what they refer to. Big, big beautiful. Big lady. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, here's another thing that's always bothered Jesus me. Jesus Christ, why didn't I let No, it's when... He wraps okay, it up. I don't know what you're doing When people, when women of, of a 
uh, get to a size where they consider themselves larger, mm-hmm. they call themselves BBWs. Right. What the fuck makes you think you're beautiful? Yeah, I mean, not everybody big, big is beautiful. I'm a, why can't you just be, you could be an a, 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 a ABW, average big woman. Why you got to be a big, beautiful woman? A big, you could We're be a bag, a big average woman. We're all beautiful in our own way. You yes. like snowflakes. We are like snowflakes. And you know what y'all saw? Y'all, y'all. This is, there's just more. Uh, there's some snowflakes that are more attractive than others. <laughs> there were some snowflakes that have crashed your whole damn car. <laughs> continue, I mean, <laughs> continue, Colonel. Back to the story. Okay, back to the story. Where are we? Okay, so Eula's back. She back Christmas in Dickinson. Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. 1885. Yeah. Eula. James coming home. He right. got he got goose stains all over his rented furniture, but he ain't asking no questions. All right. He goes to sleep in the parlor. Pillow sticking to his head when he wake up in the morning. Bro, no. She was she was banging on. him at the assignment house. Oh, okay. Well, see. Anyway, so on Christmas Eve, she out banging somebody, and with an hour within an hour, she was dead. Oh. Now Mary Tobin and whoever accompanied Eula were the last persons to see her alive. Mm-hmm. James Phillips Jr., who, in spite of being severely injured on the night of his wife's murder, was subsequently indicted and tried for murder and found guilty. Yeah, he got sliced in his head. Yeah, James was portrayed by the prosecution as a violently jealous husband and claimed he was motivated by Eula's infidelities to kill her. Well, she was kind of a whore. She was an infidelity. She yeah. was a low fidelity. You wouldn't think somebody that's named Eula would be that much of a whore. Or have that much of a, you know, a following. Yeah. yeah. Clearly. Well, the conviction she was, was overturned by the Texas Court of Appeals, which stated that the entirety of evidence of Eula's infidelity was inadmissible because the prosecution produced no direct evidence that the defendant himself had knowledge of his wife's infidelity. Yeah, he she he didn't know she was out banging uh, Dickinson the night of Christmas Eve. So he just thought they got free cider. Well, he yeah. didn't. He had no idea. <laughs> he was just sitting there on his uh, rent own furniture, you know, yeah. sitting in his uh, uh, sitting in his uh, easy chair. He should have known when he came home and got all romantic that. Yeah. Something had been going on right. there. Yeah, when your wife is romantic, that's a bad sign. It is, and they get guilty. Yeah. Now, Moses and Jimmy were exonerated. The real killer's still out at large, and the panic reached a fever pitch. To me, it was just a crazy place that. I bet it was. Women rarely left their homes at night, which is really how it should be anyway. Keep but really, you really, wanted to leave, you really want to leave your homes because that's where you're killing <laughs> yeah, them. That's true. But women should be staying at home doing the laundry and folding it and cleaning and vacuuming and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if you leave your home, you're liable to get an axe in the head. So let that be a lesson to you women hey, out there. Let me ask you this question. This is probably a brandy question. Yeah, but come on, devil. Tell us. When before, you know, before there was washers and dryers and y'all had to, you know, clean clothes with a rock, mm-hmm. wouldn't it get, the rock get the clothes dirty? It seems to me it would, uh, would make them dirty. I don't know what about me screams that I would know dick about that subject. I'm, well, I mean, your tribe. Okay, do you know how to work the washer and dryer at your house? I do, but I don't know. I've never had to take my laundry to the river and beat it against the Oh, rock. come on. You're from Lebanon, for fuck's sake. Well, well, come on. Well, okay, let's say... Did you? Right, maybe you, you never did you? it. But, but what's... But you know, you get my point. Wouldn't I don't it? think you can use I a don't. sharp rock because that would tear up your clothes. It would seem like it would make it more. It would it would stain it or something. It seemed like it would make it. Well, I think worse. they used all their clothes was made out of like 
potato sacks back then, Timmy. So they really didn't care. No, they didn't care. They looked like shit either way. Yeah. All right. Now, some homeowners here, it was, now remember, we were at a fever pitch. 1885, seven seven women dead, one man dead, uh, two, you know, two killed on Christmas Eve. Some homeowners purchased a newfangled piece of equipment called an electric burglar alarm. Was it ADA? I don't know. Now, this is a true story. Too. Maybe they just had to sign. Not re- they, mean, they, really <laughs> yeah, they had to sign in the yard. Yeah, they didn't really they, buy the equipment. This is a true story. Uh-huh. I'm not making this up. Where I live now, you know I came, come from very poor beginnings, Timmy. I lived in a housing project, right? Right. I kid you not, this is what our alarm hat was. Mm-hmm. You would take yourself about nine aluminum pop cans... And line the windowsill with them. Mm-hmm. You'd open the window at night because you didn't have no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. But you'd have Venetian blinds. And you would open the Venetian blinds. And you'd line the windowsill with pop cans. Mm-hmm. So if somebody climbed in the window, they had to move the Venetian blinds and pop, knock over all the pop cans. Well, that's really sophisticated. <laughs> I want to know <laughs> now, how, how you could afford Venetian blinds. The government provided them in oh. the houses. Uh, I mean, you know, you have, well, now that's fucked up because they're going over in Venice and buying <laughs> fucking blinds. I mean, there's blind makers over here in the United States. It can't. They were not about making America great again. Well, they didn't call, you know what? They called them Venetian blinds back then. Now they call them mini blinds. Okay. But I mean, they, well, they, that's they, all. That's because they didn't want to. They didn't want people to know that they was using taxpayers' dollars going over <laughs> to Italy buying fucking blinds for poor people. But that's a true story. It's the ghetto burglar alarm. That's what the we ghetto. called it. The ghetto bur- burglar alarm. As a snow fly. That's how Cartman said it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so. On a cold, gray Chicago morn. <laughs> Think of Colonel's upbringing. Yeah. Well, so others packed their belongings and moved. Get the fuck and a mother cried. Yeah. In the grotto. In the grotto. Well, that's where the baby bass was. Uh, uh, anyway, among the people who came to Austin were reporters. Some as far away from New York and St. Louis. And really? just as suddenly, well, you know, it seems like New York would be much further than St. Louis <laughs> from Austin. From Austin, yeah, yeah, it does. And then just as suddenly as they started, the attacks stopped. Stop. Hammer time. That mm. is weird. Well, it might have been a Tourette's killer, Timmy. A Tourette's you know how they killer. have those just little spasms and yeah. yeah. I, my guess is the killer left town. All right. But there continue. were no other attacks after that Christmas Eve attack. Although the investigation would go on for years, no further arrests were ever made. There's been speculation that the killers, or killers, had either died, went to prison on other charges, or simply moved away. Because killers, they arrested. Killers going to kill. Yeah, they, they ain't going to stop. They arrested a bunch of people on. Hate they're going to hate. Killers going to kill. Don't don't hate the killer. Hate the game. Yeah. Right. Continue, Colonel. Now there has been a great deal of speculation over the years, Timmy, who the killer could be, to deal with the public Big outcry. Jim. Hmm. Killer's Big Jim. Big Jim. Now to deal with this outcry, uh, they arrested four hundred men during the course of the year. Most of them were African-American men with prior criminal records. Noble charged with the slayings, and it's possible that the real kiddo could have been caught up in that dragnet. Yeah, they were just arresting people left and right, hoping now, that they'd get, get the right guy. Yeah, powerful elected officials refused to believe that one man or a group of men was responsible for all the murders. 
Since the Jack the Ripper started shortly after the Austin murders, there was speculation that the killer had moved to England and started killing again. London authorities questioned by several American cowboys, one of whom, according to the authors of Jack the Ripper A to Z, was possibly Buck Taylor, a performer in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Yeah, they thought that um, maybe that that's how he made his way to England. Yes, yes. Taylor was born in Fredericksburg, Texas, 70 miles west of Austin. He was never charged with either set of murders. Now, according to the Atchison Daily Globe, and it's hard for me to believe that Atchison, Texas, could have a Daily Globe. They're on your side. Well, yeah. On November 19th. It's a weekly magazine now, but. 1888, um, Boston statesman reported that a melee cook running on ocean vessels was a suspect in the Jack the Ripper murders. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. This guy's name was Morris. He was a cook. In what the hell's a melee cook? He's from Malaysia. Low, low. I, low I, I don't know what. I don't know what his size was. He was just from Malaysia. How are we gonna kill? How are we I gonna figured, carry him? Well, you think melee cook is just throwing things at <laughs> <to> the wall? <laughs> I thought it was like you know, just like five people just yeah. going crazy, throwing things at the wall. This is okay. kind of an interesting theory, though. The newspaper reported that a melee cook had been employed at a small hotel in Austin in 1885. Apparently, the cook known as most, ma, mo, most Malaysians, very common ma, Malaysian name, Maurice, left yeah. Austin shortly after the murders were committed. Hmm. And on July 4th, 15th, 2014, the PBS show History Detectives added an episode on the killings. This was actually pretty good. I watched this, this uh, documentary. It was pretty good. Using a combination of historical research and modern techniques... Including psychological and geographical profiling, they identified Nathan Elgin, a 19-year-old African-American cook. Elgin worked in close proximity to the crime scenes and had a club foot. See, I told you you can't trust those club foot bastards. And which, which was similar to the footprint believed to have been left by the killer. In February, shortly after the last murder, Elgin was shot and killed by police while he was attempting to assault a girl with a knife. Officially today, the case remains unsolved. They brought, uh, the History Channel did that um, documentary, and they brought in FBI profilers, Mm -hmm. and they brought in a a profile who said that the the, uh, killer was probably African-American and probably was... um, Living in uh, or worked in that industry as well, mm-hmm. and then they brought in. I didn't know they had. A It'd be geog- somebody a, you wouldn't notice. A, a geographic, exactly. That's what they were saying. It yeah. would be someone who. That's how they caught the uh, the Atlanta killers. It was convinced it was a white man until they brought the FBI and said because at that point all serial killers had been white men. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And they said, yeah, for the most part, they'd all been white men. And no, Wayne Williams. And they said, no, it can't be a white man because people would notice a white man down here messing around with black children. And, and they they said that um, the when he moved to kill white, the two white women, he was because he was emboldened from his not being caught. Right. But they they also brought in a geographical um, profiler, and he kind of pinpointed where this guy would. You know, looking at the maps of the city and where the victims were killed, where this guy either worked or lived, and that's how they tied it to this um, this uh, uh, guy Elgin. 
he was actually killed in another city nearby, but um, he would he was 19 years old, big guy. Um, he Club had, foot. He had the he had the foot deformity, and um, he had a history of violence against women. So the he that is who these profiles think profilers think was the actual killer, but you know it's no. still unsolved. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. No, I believe it was him. You attack. You don't think it was night. the melee cook? Uh, <laughs> melee. No, only because. Maurice. Maurice. Um, Well, you're not giving um, us a reason. No, because he's... Because I believe crush. it was the cook. <laughs> I mean, I believe it was Elgin. He was he attacked a woman later on. No, you don't think he had the club foot. Maurice, no, because Asian people... You ever seen an Asian person with a club foot? I can't Brandy, I have. Never seen one. Brandy. Brandy. Ah. Um, well, your final thoughts on the service... Or the servant girl annihilator. I don't have any. I'm just so happy that we're all back together again. Well, what? who do you think did it? Oh, I think the last guy that they figured the out. The Elgin guy? Stabbing. Yeah. Maurice is out. Okay. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on the servant girl annihilator? Well, I don't believe... First of all, I think it's a misnomer. I don't believe it actually annihilated him. Annihilating him would involve a wood chipper or... You well, know, take that up with old Henry. Take that up with old Henry. He was a murderer. He was a killer, but he wasn't annihilated. I mean, annihilate is like, you know... Like, I'm a Broncos fan. You know I'm a Broncos yes. fan. You remember when they played the Seahawks in the Super Bowl? Yeah, the they Super were annihilated. Bowl, they were annihilated. Yeah. This was just murder. Okay. You know, Who do you think did it? Oh, I, I I believe the guy with the knife in the clubfoot. I believe clubfoot guy did it. Elgin? Yeah, clubfoot. Okay. Could Blame it on the black guy. I did not say the black guy. I said the clubfoot guy. Okay. <laughs> if the Malaysian had a clubfoot, you'd be all over it. You, you know what? The if the white foot. guy had a clubfoot, well, whoever got the clubfoot, that's who did it. All right. Because you know, in most murders... And, and let me just clarify, and because I want the audience to think about something. I want you to think of a group of 50 of your friends. And when you think of 50 of your friends... I don't and, have and, friends. Well, yeah, I was going to say probably most of our... Uh, okay, I want you to just use your Facebook friends. Look at your first 50 friends. You know 20 of them, you're going to think, ah, oh, they're assholes. And probably half of them masturbate every day. Well, who, who doesn't? But... Um, so, when I say that people get get killed by serial killers, I'm just talking about a statistical fact. I'm not, did, there was assholes that probably had to come. Okay. Uh, Colonel, do you have any shout-outs? Do I have shout-outs, Timmy? Do I have shout-outs? I do have some shout-outs. Please, proceed with your shout-outs. Well, let, me, let me start here. Can I take a nap while he's doing this? Well, you've been taking a nap all show. What's going to wake you up? Not. Um... I've had a rough day. Yes, it's Friday afternoon. Roll with a shout-out. All right, let me... Oh, yeah, because you want to get the hell out of here. Exactly. Yes, we do. All right, first of all, let me start out with the most... One of the most important people to listen to our podcast. I'm going to do commentary on everyone. And I'm going to say, hello, Ali, you Australian fucking lunatic. Here's your shout-out. Let's call her Rue from now on. Let's call her Rue. Rue? Rue, yeah. She 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 called me out right on the page for not giving her a shout out. Okay, this was uh, a dick move. Nicola, you know that. Well, we hope you enjoyed your trip to America. Um, 
Shannon, who uh, Shannon, I'm going to get back to your page and donate some money to the girl that's uh, going on uh, on the training or whatever. If this you look is on that, for, for uh, Amnesty her work International. With, yeah, Amnesty International. Yeah, so uh, a good chunk. Of, I believe Shannon's taken most of the church's money and donated that. That's too. not true. Shannon's a good. No, soul. the church at uh, the Colonel Church. Oh, all right. Continue. Um, let's see. We got Heather Hall. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Of course, you know, we got the lovely little Sarah Spaghetti. I just love to see her pop up there because she, she's just sweet. Jen Hawkins. Mm-hmm. A new one we got, Andrew Happ. Yes, thank you, Andrew, for uh, sponsoring us. We surely appreciate that. We absolutely do appreciate that. Um, we have not figured out how, how, how to actually get this money yet. but <laughs> it's not true. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, Daniel. Um... Karen, Karen Barnes, how you doing? Sandy September, you know who you are. Sandra September. I can't pronounce that last name. You've seen it, haven't you? Continue, yes. Aaron Wentz. Cody Price. New, okay. new member to really our Really going to do that to me? Yes. Okay, Tasha. Tasha, what's up? Sunstar, how you doing? Donna Curran and that handsome dog of yours. Angela Cobb. Celine. Amber Croup. You crazy little devil. Linda Middleton. Okay, let me scratch her. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Trish Hillard. Angela Cobbs. Larry. Larry. Jeff Chestnut, who's also a Broncos fan. Yes, he is, Jeff. Sorry that the Bengals are going to win this weekend, Jeff. Um, Melissa Bateman. Tiffany Bell and her son, Bo. Yes, Bo, one of the top football players in Michigan Michigan high school players Teresa Slavin uh, Kim Taylor of course our, our crazy couple here Brittany and Chris yeah I haven't um, heard from them in a while and how they're doing Michael and uh, Sydney Michael and Sydney I got them right up here Tommy oh. Boomershine Tommy um, let's see the Trowbridges mm-hmm. all of you and, and you still haven't given us a clear breakdown of who's who and what the relationships are. Right? Kasia. Katya? Yeah. Not Kasia. It's Katya. Yeah. Katya. Tara. Tara. Like I caught you. Tara. I got Tara. I'm getting to Tara. All right. Tara, how you doing? Um, Angie Song. Mm-hmm. Um, John Kaufman and Katie Raines, two new listeners. Denny McNamara. Denny McNamara. Um... Did I say Trish Hillard already? Yes. Okay. Hi, Trish again. Hello, Trish again. Um, Trish a little slow, so we got to do her name twice. Um, let's see. And Brandy Scott Herman. We got Lady Beverly. Brandy doesn't listen to Having some bowel duct issues that hopefully they clear up very quickly. She posted on the ball. That's oh, not for you to just put out there into the it, world. No, if she posted. Beverly, we hope you're doing better. Elise. Elise. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We got Dottie. My mother, yes. Um, Erica. Who we do the show for, mm-hmm. Dottie, Dottie Scott. Um, Erica. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm going off the top of my head with all these, so tell me who I've missed. Scott. Scott, yeah. Okay. We probably missed someone. Oh, John Holmes. Oh yeah, John. Forgot how, how you gonna forget and Bond, John? and Bond, Gene Bond. Okay, 
Uh, if we missed your name on shout-outs, we're sorry. We'll try to get it next time. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Oh, 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 oh. Well, Timmy, Timmy. Oh, wait. See, this way you... Here's where you can find us, listeners. Where can people find us, Colonel? Well, you can go to the... They're to, listening to us now, to the so Facebook. they obviously can find us. But if you are listening and you want to join in the fun on Facebook, we have a Facebook page, History Dweebs, the podcast. Jessica Williams. Jessica Williams, how you doing? Yes. Um, yes, we have a the, we have history history dweebs the podcast Facebook group. Please join us. Why did you say where can they find us, Colonel? When you're just gonna run right over me? Um, please join us on History Dweebs the podcast Facebook group on Facebook. We are also on Twitter at History Dweebs One. We have another Facebook page dedicated <clears throat> to history. It's just History Dweebs. And uh, we have a we have a History Dweebs website. Uh, we're on Stitcher and uh, other uh, podcast apps. And uh, I can't think of any. And else. you can if you if you really love the show. There's two things you we can will do. Be you can at the, we will be at the uh, presidential debate. We will be. I will be moderating the debate. Yes. Um, I and I may be in the debate. The way it looks right now. Um, but anyway, if, if you like the show, there's two things you can do. Um, you can become a sponsor on Patreon. Patreon.com slash History Slash History Dweebs. Or... His phones are ringing in the background. The big, another big, big thing you can <laughs> do, and it will not cost you nary a penny, is leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, we really do If you leave us a review on iTunes, it makes other people if easier. It makes it easier for other people to find us. Jamie uh, Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Tarantino. How you doing? I forgot. Yes, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. So that's thank you for listening, and we'll see you all again next time on History Dweebs. Good day, Bye. listeners. Bye, everyone. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.